everyone. Welcome to Table Flip episode 12. The spoilers. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so this episode is going to be about the spoilers that we spoiled over the last couple days. Uh, we're going to be talking about two versus two tournament rules, uh, some of the FAQ or FIC up, uh, overviews and updates. And we're going to talk about the lure of the dark side and some decks we've been messing around with. But first of all, let's welcome everyone to the show. We have a special guest with us. It is Zach Midnight, who was one of the participants and the winner of the Octagon Tournament. Uh, he's on the, the show with us just for fun. How's it going, Zach? It's going very well. How are you all doing? Good, good. And as always, we have Matt Toktamish as well as Nate Ketrasel. How are you gentlemen doing? Good. Excellent. Amazing. Good. All right. So let's start with everyone's week. Um, let's start with our guest. Zach, how was your week? Um, my week was good. I worked... A good eighty hours this week, so not a whole lot of time for yeah, not a whole lot of time to to get in any games on Star Wars, but uh, some pretty good spoilers out from Fantasy Flight. So excited about the game! Excellent, excellent. Uh, Matt, how was your week? Um, it was okay. It was very busy for a four day work week for me. Uh, I don't know. I just seen you one of those weeks where you couldn't get anything really accomplished, but it was okay. Four day work week. Did you have one of your weird Canadian holidays? We had Thanksgiving. Wait, what? What? Canadian Thanksgiving's in October, American Thanksgiving's in November. So, yeah, so what's fake, Canadian fake Thanksgiving? It's sad that I know everything about your country and you guys know, like, nothing about because mine. I we're, like, literally five feet from each other's borders. Because, you know, there's that imaginary line that's, you know, some parallel. Technically, I'm, like, a couple thousand miles from my border. But, th yeah, that's okay. That's, that's, so, so I have a question. Is, is okay, for the record, yes. Patrick, yes. Um, you are about... 75 miles from the Canadian border? Not, I, not. Stop. Yeah, Ohio's Do you know how far away is Detroit? I don't know. That is the Canadian border. Geography hard, okay? Geography. I don't, I don't, just shut up. Jesus, I can name every state. You probably can't. No, I probably couldn't. Yes, probably. Here's an education In, from Indication of the American education system. Or I just choose to not really remember. I, I know uh, we at least have 52 states. I mean, Anyway, um, anyway, uh, I do have a question. Uh, so, is the Canadian turkey like shaped like a maple leaf or something, or like, like what's different? Like, nope, still just a bird. Just tastes better. Just, just bird. So, is like, what's your history for Thanksgiving? Because the American Thanksgiving is obviously the Pilgrims, the Indians eating their first meal together. So, is it like the the the, the Canadians yeah, and the true. caribou eating their first meal together or something? Anyway, moving on. I'm trying to make a Canadian joke. You're not playing along. It's not fun. Anyway, Nate, how's your week? My week is less filled with uh, racism towards Canada. <laughs> um, I I bought new golf clubs and went golfing. How'd so that go? basically, like every week of mine has ever been so, so terrible. Amazing. No, we, we I I was working a bunch this week too, and it it was it was a long week, but it was a fun week. So. And I, I didn't offend 90% of, you know, North America. <laughs> oh, it's all in good fun. We all know we love Matt. Matt's an awesome person. So anyway. And apparently the only Canadian. Apparently, yeah. He's, he's the only <sighs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, my week was good. Worked a lot. Got fun stuff accomplished, I guess, kind of. Uh, had a fun battle with YouTube this morning took three hours to process a video because they're awesome like that i uh, got some good practice in it for star wars and uh just been enjoying some of the spoilers coming out and preparing for a local tournament uh come november i think it's november 3rd at my local card shop so let's move on to the meat and potatoes of the uh episode shall we it's it's gonna be an interesting episode because i actually forgot about the the podcast and nate was like hey you ready and i'm like for what and he's like the podcast tonight and i'm like oh that's that's tonight isn't it yes it is so let's move on to the objective set that we spoiled which was the mercenary support objective set and this was actually a really interesting objective set i think that for a two v a toy boat for a two versus two scenario i think it's really really good but i was a little disappointed in that it's not going to work very well for a one versus one matchup, especially the objective itself, just makes so many 
of the bigger characters really, really viable. Um, its action is focused as objective to put a bounty hunter or mercenary unit from play into your hand under, under a friendly player's control. If that unit is still in play at the end of the phase, discard it. So basically this allows you to play like Bubble Fett for free and – well, not for free, obviously, for one – and still be able to use him without, you know, the fear of trying to kill him or something. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that um, this objective set might be good in a one versus one scenario, but there's been also a lot of talks that the put into play doesn't count as being put into play, like with right. boss's effect. It, it doesn't work so. with boss. We already have confirmation. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's that, that. That kind of makes putting Bosk into play kind of useless because it's like if you want to get rid of a Wookiee, like Chewie, which is a very, very big de detriment to the dark side, it, you can't do that. So I think that it works for two versus two, but probably not for one versus one. Um, Zach, do you have any uh, kind of uh, thoughts on this objective? Yeah, my, my problem with this objective, and it's with any objective that's limit one, is you can't really count on yeah. getting that. Um, so even if it's an amazing objective, which we'll, we'll talk about, I'm just, I don't know, you can't really build your deck around it or count on being able to put your bounty hunters or mercenaries in. So I don't know how useful or, or I guess, consistent it would be. Okay, fair enough. Um, Matt, thoughts on this one? The objective itself, I think, is okay. Uh... Like I mean, you can't rely on it, so it's not something I'd build a deck around. But if you can get it to go off, it's good to get. Like even putting boss into play, like, I know people were disappointed because I was the one that answered, "No, you can't do that," because of the wording. People were disappointed by that, but boss is still a good unit. He's a solid attacker. He's got blast damage, mm -hmm. which people say scum lacks. So no, you, yeah, you can't necessarily capture something with him. You can still get him to play, attack with right. him, and then you know but play him probably, for real the next turn. Right. You probably use the objective to put a different bounty hunter mercenary and then pay for boss, not like just normally. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because the um, isn't the five cost resource ship a mercenary unit? It is. I was thinking about that. So, so you could essentially pay that with for just one, pay three, then pay another one for boss because he costs four and then uses effect. So you're essentially getting a. F almost a free boss because obviously the, the five cost shift gets discarded afterwards but it doesn't really matter so um i think that i don't know it's just it's really hard to kind of determine how this is going to play out nate do you have any other thoughts on this one um not really i i, th I think that the best way to, to actually use it is to flash in free defenders and let them die on purpose but there's not necessarily enough bounty hunters and mercenaries that are good in that role currently. Uh, and without being able to get come into play effects, well, technically get come into play, but whatever. Um, some of the effects you get without that effect, it just, it's limited in what it can do. And as was pointed out, since it's a limit one anyways, right. you're not going to be able to count on it. So yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean the the whole one per objective deck is just kind of disappointing. I think mainly because of the Trandorian security team is really really good. So it, yeah, but they could have just put in one ofs of those right. and in a different card, and then it's this they'd have the same effect in a, in a more useful objective. No, no, I, I would definitely agree. Definitely agree. Um, and I, but, I feel like that's what scum is. Like every objective is like kind of cool, but then there's just one thing kind of wrong with it that makes it where you're you're just not excited. And I think this objective falls into that. No, I would I would definitely agree. I would definitely agree. Um, my I think my my least favorite card out of all of them is the the ship, which is punishing one. It's a unique unit, cost two two HP, two force icons. Uh, both black blaster and an objective damage. After your, your deploy this, uh, deployment phase begins, uh, move one captured card from an objective to a different dark side objective. Now, I can see the usefulness in this somewhere, but all the cards so far that have, you know, for each captured card here, do this is after your refresh phase or after your draw phase. So you're kind of setting yourself up for next turn, and that can be kind of situational because scum sometimes can have a hard time defending a say like a vehicle rush or something 
So if, if your opponent is going for that objective really, really quick, you can't put cards there. Uh, uh, Nate, any kind of counter-arguments to that? Uh, not not especially. I think Punishing One is hands down the most useful card in this objective set from a standpoint of not just in multiplayer, uh, which I think the rest of the objective set is focused around. It, it would be a great card to have in another set where it could be used effectively. It, it's nice to have another Carbonite Transport effect um, that, that you can play. That being said, I, I kind of agree with, with what you were saying about how the timing is a little off. And since it's limited to your deployment phase, if it just said after a deployment phase begins, you could do some shenanigans on your opponent's turn with when stuff was moved around. Uh, it's it's good. It's okay. But I'm really underwhelmed with yeah. not just this objective set, but most of what Scum seems to be getting. Mm -hmm. It just... It's so disappointing because it should be so much awesomer. You know, I I think the main problem with them is they just it takes too long. It, like yes. a lot of their cards rely on okay, like the weak way. The weak way is such a good unit. It's a it's a two HP cost. It has two black blasters and one black tactics. That's just awesome. And it's it costs four, which is a lot, but you're still getting a lot. But it'll cost two if you have a captured unit, and getting a captured unit is just so difficult. And as we talked about last week, that they can't, you know, overdo capture because it'd just be like you don't get a hand every turn, lols. No, I mean they can't do that, obviously. But I think that there definitely needs to be some more ways to capture things rather than just hey. You can only play a capture event on your turn, or you can only capture if this object, uh, if this. Uh, condition is met, or this interruption is met, or, or something. So, I don't know. I, I think that the the underwhelmingness of Scum and this objective set is pretty uh, pretty underwhelming. Um, so the security team really isn't anything new. It's pretty much you can strike during an engagement if um, he's not participating in a battle, which is always, just always useful. But the card that I think is really interesting, and I think will really kind of play out in uh, 2 versus 2 really well, is a price on their heads. It costs six. That's a that's that's a Palpatine right there, but it does have four Force icons, which you could be using an edge battle as well. But you only get one of it, so you don't really want to. The action is target up to two units, each controlled by a, a different light side player. Capture each targeted unit. So, Matt, how can this actually do well in two versus two? Uh, this card could be really good in two versus two because depending on what your opponents are playing, I mean, you could capture some pretty big names for that. I mean, like if you're playing somebody who's like playing a Jedi and a smuggler deck, you know, one, and one's got Han, one's got Luke, capture both of them. It it could be really good in two versus two depending on what's on the board to help you control the opposing side. Plus, it helps you interact with both sides of the board because normally you basically interact with whoever's across from you with the engagement rules and stuff. But other some people, since I previewed it, I think I put this one, this one I just put up earlier this morning. This is the last one I previewed because I thought it was the best card in the set. A lot of people have said, well, I don't know about a one versus one. Well, you're never going to want to pay six to capture something in one versus one unless, you know, right. for some, I suppose in an extreme circumstance you could, if they've got, you know, Han with like, I don't know, five attachments or something, yeah, pay six, get rid of that. But it does have four force icons on it so it's really good card to use in an edge battle too so mm -hmm. i think it could see use outside of that because i think their transition security team is quite good no i so agree it yeah. could come into play in the one versus one yeah no no i i think that well yes and no zach um do you think that we we will see this objective set played in one versus one by, uh, at all or do you think that the usefulness is really just kind of the the two versus two or even the three versus one scenarios yeah, I, I don't. I don't see myself personally using it in in one v one. I think I think the best card in it is the uh, security teams, but even those, I would rather see them being two cost and two health than than what they are. Um, and the price on their heads, like you all said, is basically paying if on a one v one scenario captured for twice as much. 
Um, and I don't see myself doing that. In 2v2, if you have a good board set up, then this is a game changer. Um, so maybe the set will be used in that scenario, but in 1v1, I, 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 I just don't think so. Okay, fair enough. Um, anyone else has anything else to add on this objective set before we move on? I really like the artwork on Punishing One. Oh, I think that looks yeah. awesome. You know, um, I, and I love all the bounty hunter ships, so I'm a little upset that it's not in a better pod, but mm -hmm. it looks cool. Um, do we want to talk about supporting fire, or because I know we've mentioned it a couple shows ago, so uh, and, I like. Go ahead. I like supporting fire, um, even in a in a one v one scenario. Uh, because you can just kind of place that down mm -hmm. and think it's a twist. And if it's not, then you can just kind of pick a card to beat them. And if you don't win, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And in a 2v2, it's, you know, even better. Yeah, you know, that is something that I was wondering is, does this actually count uh, towards you? Like, can you say, yes. I'm going to target myself and pick? Yes. Like, because you're always friendly to yourself. Okay. So my question is, is... The, the scenario that Zach just mentioned is the cards get flipped over, and then and then you basically are able to pick a card type of thing? Is, is that how it works? That's how I'm reading it, yeah. Okay. Right, because it's a as long card, as it's so not it a... until you actually reveal it. Interesting. Right. You know, you know, I, I, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I actually like this card because what what yeah. you could what you could do is you could play it down and and they like play like Palpatine or something and you have a twist in your hand and you, and you put the twist in instead and no it's a non fate card though oh non fate you, card oh yeah. yep you're right I read that wrong my mistake that would be that would be sweet but... that yeah. <laughs> that that'd be that'd be pretty sweet okay so um we're gonna move on to the lure of the dark side which is the other objective set from the second cycle force pack number two. Which is going to be after the Kyle Katarn Force Pack, which I'm so excited for. But this is the Mar Jade Force Pack, which I think. I mean, it's funny because if we look at the cards right now, you're like, "Wow, Sith do not need anything else that's just retarded over retardedly." I don't want to say overpowered; that's the wrong choice of words. Just retardedly powerful, and thankfully, in the new Force Cycle, Jedi are getting a lot of really, really good cards, and obviously. Just based on the spoilers we've seen for both sides, we're able to see, okay, this is going to be kind of a force struggle kind of cycle, which, hey, my Frozen Jedi will work now, so <clears throat> I'm so excited for that. The objective set is Agent of the Emperor, and it is a one for five. Unfortunately, it has the silly, while this objective is undamaged crap, which I just, I, ugh, just annoys me. Uh, it gains reaction. After you commit a unit to the force, place one focus token on an enemy unit. Okay, so I'm actually really confused. Why would you want to put this out? Like, you're starting objectives because all the light-sided player has to do is damage it once and it's completely useless the whole game. This is something that I feel that might be a little kind of oops on Fantasy Flight's part unless there's some crazy shenanigans that were sitting go switch objectives out or something. Uh, Nate, any thoughts on that? Um, I have a feeling that there's going to be ways to commit and uncommit uh, units outside of the already spoiled um, fate cards. So I think that this could actually be a very good objective. Yeah. If there's stuff that does that in event cards or, or other units. Yeah. In which case it makes this an objective that the light side has to damage immediately. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's just going to go bonkers. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I like the, the fact that it has to be undamaged and it's not a Hoth objective. Thank <laughs> goodness. Otherwise that would just get even stupider. Uh, it, it works. And I, I think it's rather balanced. And if we see stuff that commits and uncommits stuff mm -hmm. at will, it's going to just be really good. Almost an auto include in every dark side deck that I think it's an auto include to begin with, but that's just me. I'm a huge oh, I mean just just for the objective, yeah. like take everything out of the equation. If there's ways to do that, the objective itself is what makes it an auto include. Someone mentioned that this objective makes the Night Sisters pretty much like a, a really good objective to use now. 
Because when you commit them, you get to deal damage and put a focus token on something. So I, I don't remember who it was uh, on the card game DB forum, so I do apologize um, to whoever said that. But moving on, uh, Mara Jade is a unique unit. She has a one unit damage icon and a objective damage icon that are both uh, non-edge enabled, and then she has two edge enabled um, of the same icons. So she actually has some pretty good uh, stats, uh, four for three, which is really good. She only costs, uh, she has three force icons, which is the standard for a, a four to three cost unit, I think. Uh, the, but she also has an ability. There's not, it's not an action, it's not anything, it's just card text. This unit gains targeted strikes, shielding, and elite when it's committed to the force. That's nuts. That, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Matt, are you as excited about this card as I am? We're talking about Mirror Jade now? Yes. I think Mirror's amazing, but I think the entire set's amazing, and it's going to be a staple in Sith Control. Like, I've already printed proxies, and I'm going to start testing it already. Because there's nothing in this set I don't like. And awkward silence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Mara's amazing. Uh, when, you, when you add her, her lightsaber to the deal, it just makes it even crazier. Because you don't get any of the drawbacks, and you get all of the benefits. No, no, yeah, I, and you I, save a Force card, Force Commitment card, because yep. of that. Now, is that true that she doesn't get... It says considered committed to the Force, so she doesn't right. double focus? No, she does I, double I focus. It. What'd you say, Matt? She does double focus because she she's does. considered okay. to be committed to the force, but it doesn't matter because she's got elite. Yeah, it just doesn't take one of your your force cards. Yeah. I right. see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, so so essentially, the dark side is able to have four units committed to the force with Mara Jade and her lightsaber out. So, actually, since we're talking about the lightsaber, it is a one cost enhancement. You can enhance a force user or sensitive a force sensitive unit, which we need more of those. Like seriously, why not just make it all force force users because. Small rant, just a small rant. The Jedi need more Force users. Obviously, they're going to get them, but... I, th I think we had this rant already. Yes, we did. You know what? Thank you for reminding me. Uh, the Enhanced Unit gains an extra bla bla black blaster, which is really, really good. Um, love the artwork on this card, by the way. It's just phenomenal. And then, as they were saying, Enhanced uh, Unit, if it's Mara Jade, she is considered committed to the Force. Which, then she'll get Targeted Strike, Shielding, and Elite, which is just nuts. On a, Just so good. So, can you imagine her and Darth Vader out in the field, and you're just like, so, what are you going to do, board wipe? <laughs> yeah. It's... How about both of them on the field, and both of them have their matching lightsabers? That would be sweet. <laughs> that would be sweet. Now, you know, in, in all honesty, I am a little disappointed that they chose to make her the dark side Marjade version, and not the light side. I'm, I'm actually curious to why they went that way, instead of doing the... I good Mara Jade because I, I, I think there could have been some cool synergy with her and Luke uh, both on the field uh, I think I, it's too the, early in the game yeah, to have done that it's the time period too yeah. I mean, and the I like that the game, it's Mara is still the hand of the Emperor so it's too early for her to be the non-hand I mean it even takes a while in the EU before she even becomes well but Kyle Katarn's out so like yeah, Kyle Katarn was active right. during the time of the rebellion yeah, yeah. Well, he true. wasn't a Jedi. Yeah, he wasn't a happened. Jedi though. So I mean, if, if we go off like the whole time period, wasn't Mara Jade good once Kyle Katarn became a Jedi and everything? Like, didn't they like the whole chronological order? I I don't know. I don't. I'm not a nerd as much as some people. <laughs> I'm I'm no. I'm gonna shut up before I like get everybody angry and be like, why aren't you know this? Ah, raid. All right. So um. Yeah, Patrick. I like that. Um. She's the dark side to Luke because it's very similar card to Luke, and yes. I, and I like the counterbalance of she has similar stats. She does. She's got targeted strikes. So I just like the kind of her versus Luke at, at this time. Um, I think that's neat. So do you think we're ever going to see Luke's lightsaber? Absolutely. And the the effect is going to be Luke gains shielding plus two, and an extra forty five blast icons. And we'll just leave it at that. And it's free. No, no his, his lightsaber is going to say that uh, every time you attack with it, it changes colors. Kind of like how it changes colors through every movie. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to guess that it's going to give a uh, black blaster. And if it's Luke, it's going to give him elite. 
Probably. You know, that would actually be really good. I mean, that would right. make yeah. Luke pretty much impossible to lock down with with the Palpatine out in the field. He's like, and and you'd get, you know, you yeah, that that'd just be awesome. And I don't think it would be overpowered, but we'll see. Well, no, but everyone would complain about it though. It's like, <laughs> oh, the light side get actual chances to win things now. Yeah, it's not fair. So I want to talk about the Imperial Shadow Guard now. Oh, uh, okay. Because it's a really good card. Because it basically gives Dark Side another protector. Yeah. For most of the big guys that they're ever going to put on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, since it's not, you know, specified to character or this other stuff, um, you can protect away from the uh, executor now if you commit it. So Holy it's crap. even harder to damage. Oh, wow. I never thought of that. That's ridiculously sweet. Plus, the art on this card is just amazing. Plus, it's force-sensitive, so you can put your lightsabers on it. That's true. But you know what? They're pretty good. You know what? There needs to be a lightsaber staff like Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Because like, who doesn't want a Darth Maul lightsaber? Um, thoughts on the card, Matt? I think it's really good that Darkseid's getting another protector, and I like that they're slightly different, and that they have to only protect on this commit of the Force. Yeah. So it gives them an interesting little... Niche. I mean, they're not a super duper protector because they only got two damage capacity, but still, that's two they can soak for something else. Yeah. And it could be anything that's committed to the force, so that's pretty good. You know, if you got like the emperor or something committed to the force, well, you know, here's another protector for him. Yeah. So I like them. Plus, the art's really, really cool. No, I agree. I agree. Um, they like Cylons. Yeah, they do actually. That's what. I, that's exactly what I thought of. Are you a Cylon? No, I'm not a Cylon. Brr. Okay, so uh, the next card in the uh, objective set is Rage, which is a Sith event. It is uh, two cost, one force icon. Play only if the balance of the force is with the dark side, which isn't hard to do right now, but that could change. Remove up to two focus tokens from a target unit that is committed to the force. So Palpatine strikes twice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like, so I'm going to go with Palpatine. All right, cool, you're done. I'm going to play Rage and go in. Hey, look at those six tactics icons. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, and above and beyond that, it's another Sith event. So it, yeah. it triggers Vader. Um, it, it works really well with, with Mara, anything that you commit to the force, obviously. Um, it fuels so many of the tactics that dark side currently uses to win games Yeah, that it makes that even better. It's like, you're always going to commit your Vader. You're always going to commit your Palpatine. You're going to commit Mara if you can. And now you have a way to refresh them and double strike with them, basically. Yeah. You know, I, I'm... Like, I'll be honest here, guys. Just kind of a serious talk here, moment here. I, I, I'm really concerned that the balance of the game is kind of floating into that Sith, just ridiculous, that's the only really good competitive deck to use. Um, but in all honesty, the cards for the light side haven't been spoiled enough for really to go crazy, crazy about that. And I can understand that people are still pretty upset about how Scum really isn't using that high of competitive play, which I understand that because I think we were all looking forward to that. But I think this set really just kind of sets the tone that I think Sith is going to be one of those control decks that you just have to use in competitive play right now. Um, obviously, that could change with the new Force Cycle coming out. Um, obviously, there's probably going to be some really cool Scum and Villainy cards and some really cool Navy cards with, with this whole new um, uh, Legends Force Cycle. But I feel right now that Sith is just an instant. You, you just have to play if you're going to be playing like at Worlds or at any regional event or even at a local tournament. Um, would you guys agree with that or do you guys have any counter- counterpoints to that? Um, I, I mean, I think that could be said for the majority of this game's life. The Sith is, on the at least on the dark side, has always been kind of the, the most dominant deck, but you can't really ignore some of the great sets from Navy. Right. Um, and either straight Sith or a Sith-Navy combination deck, um, for some reason people don't consider those like Navy being used. But I think Navy definitely has a place, and I think what upsets people the most is just how disappointing Scum is. Because in my opinion, it's the only affiliation out of the six that is just n- not playable in a competitive environment. See, I don't agree with that at all, but that's probably because I have lots of success with my scum deck. But I just hear that complaint all the time. It's to the point that I'm just not even listening to well, it anymore. Well, you know, kind of counterpoint to that, Matt. I mean, we haven't seen anyone win with the, with the scum deck yet. 
We haven't seen... Actually, we, we have. Um, there were, I think, two scum decks in top 16 of uh, Nationals. Oh, okay. So, no, no, no. North American there Championship. Was there was one. Yeah, but... It was one. Okay. okay. I know it was Zach Bunn's deck, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, actually winning. Like, uh, okay, cool. Okay, but if you're only going to use big tournaments like that, there's only been one big tournament like that. So it's kind of a stupid thing to judge by because there's one large tournament and it's Gen Con and it's only, you know, for the most part, it's Americans that go to that. So it's not really a valid thing, I think, to judge with. People use it all the time, but it's one tournament out of hundreds of games being played around the world, if not thousands. Right, but you can't use just that one tournament. I think, too, the the other thing that I compare uh, Scum Decks to currently is what Rebel decks used to be. When everybody was like, oh, Rebels are terrible, Rebels can't win, Rebels aren't good. Yet, you know, there were quite a few of us that were having success with them. Mm -hmm. A lot of it comes down to, are you playing the deck correctly? Right. Which I know I've played against Matt a couple times against his his scum deck, and he plays it quite differently than I've seen most people play scum decks. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, scum decks aren't necessarily as consistent as as a Sith control deck, so you have to take that into consideration when playing that. And so there's a lot of knowledge of not only how you play your deck but how to play it against certain matchups and i don't think that enough people have have really dug into that as much as as some right and the problem is that people focus with scum too much on the whole capture thing and then when they realize capture doesn't work particularly well they give up if you get away from worrying about the whole capture thing and just play scum like a control deck they work very well that's what my deck is. It's a control deck, which does do blast damage. Yes, scum is blast damage. Surprise, surprise. Crate Dragon says hello. And you can do a lot of damage. I take out several... I took out three objectives in one turn with my scum deck. But no, they have no blast damage, apparently. So I just think people focus too much on the big three or four, whatever tournaments it is there is now for FFG stuff, and don't think enough about, you know, sure, it hasn't won Gen Con, but there's been one Star Wars championship at Gen Con so far. There's only one North American. Who knows what's going to come out at Worlds next month? Everybody's poo-pooing scum so much. Somebody might come in, play a scum deck, and be like, oh, I never even thought to tech against scum, and it wins the whole thing. Right, so, right. You know, and then I'll be like, oh my god, scum's overpowered, blah, blah, blah. Like, well, you know, that's like honestly rebels. what I'm hoping like, for. Oh, rebels suck, rebels suck. And then they win Gen Con. They're like, oh, rebels are awesome. They're the best. I've been saying that for months. No, you haven't. You were just somebody who jumped have. on the bandwagon now. Yes, yeah. some I have, like you. Awesome. <laughs> a lot of people weren't. So, uh, I know, mean, it's... no, I, I thought, I think those are all, those are all very, very, you know, valid points. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that we do see some really good variations of scum, mainly because I've, you know, I want to play it, and honestly, it, it's not my play style right now. So I think that's why I'm a little bit more negative towards it than 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 anything. Now, granted, yes, a lot of people have success, but. I, I Matt, I haven't actually played you in your scum deck yet, so I we actually probably should set up a time to do that and see, you know, if you can completely kick my butt with it. But so far, I I don't lose to to scum decks, and that's probably because what Nate was saying, people don't play it the correct way. People have too much of a okay, this is going to be this, 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 this. You no, know, just just kind of play the deck, I'll, just like what Matt was saying as well. Just play the deck like a control deck, and rather than trying to be like a capture deck. So you know those are those are very very valid counter counter arguments to what I was saying. Um, so this whole objective set in itself is just ridiculously good. Um, anyone else have any other thoughts on this? My last thought on this is I've seen a lot of people saying it's not a trade for Vader or it's not as good as Vader or something, and I'm confused why people are saying that. It's almost like they're saying this instead of Vader. No, this with Vader. Yeah. yeah. Mayor of Vader, Emperor. Council. Council and something. Executor or something. Whatever, like or a reconnaissance mission or yeah. who knows, maybe something else for Sith that we don't, haven't seen yet. Yep. Like, no, I, I definitely definitely agree. This with Vader is crazy. It's another targeted strike for the dark side. Mm-hmm. All right, so Nate, why don't we go over the uh, two versus two real quick. I think you're the uh, one of the few of us that actually has better knowledge of it than the rest of us, so... Yeah, so I'm, I'm basically just going to touch on, on a few points because uh, 
to plug my own article over on CardGameDB. I actually have a 2 vs. 2 prelim write-up thing coming up uh, on Tuesday. So for a more in-depth well, precursor look, because I'm planning to do a few articles on it, you can check that out. But I think the, the main things to take from what FFG has said about 2 vs. 2 as a format and as far as deck construction go is that it's going to be a whole lot more than taking a Sith deck and some other random deck mm -hmm. and playing against somebody. You're going to have to put a lot of time and thought into how to build good two versus two decks because of how things synergize and how your decks are limited to being built. You know, with only being able to run two copies of any objective across both decks, it means that you're not going to have four copies of Vader, four copies of Palpatine, and just sit there and laugh. You have to figure out a way to make everything work together. So I, th I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of um, scum and navy variations because they have more synergy together as opposed to Sith, which basically has a single deck that is very synergistic, it does not have a secondary deck that's good right now. So it'll be interesting to see how people build for this and how everything fleshes out. Okay. So as far as your two, two versus two decks, you're going to spoil them so everyone knows what you're playing in Worlds, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So, I so, actually, so, I actually uh, am going to be talking about them. So, so not not the first week, but um, I think in my second or third article in the series, okay. I'm going to actually be talking about what I plan to play and some of the playtesting I've gone through. So, um, his his, uh, his first deck is actually all an all neutral deck. <laughs> no, it's absolutely it's absolutely not. But... <laughs> oh my gosh, it's an idea we could do, Nate. An all neutral deck and then some other serious deck. Yes, or or you could no read my article when it comes out and see what <laughs> yes. I've actually tested. <laughs> yes. Once the article's out, guys, make sure to check it out at cardgamedb.com. The article is Notice Integrations, and it's awesome. You should definitely comment and give it one star. I'd love yes, you, Nate. <laughs> one star. One star. One star five times. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the rules have been updated just a little bit. Um, I'm scrolling down to where some of the newer ones were. Um, 2.13, which is a new protect rule. Some cards have the protect keyword followed by a uh, description other than trait, e.g. a card type specific, card name, etc., etc. A card with such keyword, blah, 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 etc., etc., may take damage instead of any instead of any friendly card that matches this specific descriptor. So... Mainly there were uh, protectors that said protect objective. Yes. Objective is not a trait. Yes. It is a keyword for a card type. Yes. So technically those wouldn't work, but with this update rule, it now lets them work. Yeah, that... <laughs> I'm starting to find that Fantasy Flight has the same uh, problem that Wizards did with Magic, is they have traits and keywords, but don't use them correctly. <laughs> so that's okay. I, I think that's like a a misconception with every card game companies put out all, like all these like really cool words and then either don't use them or use them incorrectly and then have to make updates and stuff. So eventually we'll get it. But by the time that happens, the earth will probably explode. So that's okay. Uh, the next one is 4.12, which is damage, uh, excuse me, dealing slash dealt damage, dealing damage and dealt damage are two similar, but different, uh, game terms. Basically, I mean, it's, do we really need to go over that? I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. Dealing damage is a process that generates damage that is needed to be assigned. Excuse me, hiccups. That's not in the rule book. <laughs> Dealing damage is a process that needs to... Wow, which is... It is just not my day. don't think we need to go over it, because really there was nothing in this FAQ that was like earth-shattering or changes anything. It just clarifies some of the nitpicky stuff that people were nitpicking over that wasn't really necessary um yeah most most of it came in where people were trying to rules lawyer their way around so the, the one thing that caught my eye was the spice visions ruling on Jabba the hut 
where um, if you use Spice Visions to deal damage to a unit instead of focusing it when using an ability uh, that has focus this unit, cost, um, example, Job of the Hut, is that cost still been paid and does the effect still resolve? The ruling has been the ability still resolves. Spice, Spice Visions is just changing the type of token being placed. Right. So basically you can use Job of the Hut twice if you had to use Spice Visions and yeah. that way. Or, and people were arguing that you couldn't because a focus token was never being placed, so this was put in to right. you know, stop the people that were arguing it, which it was a silly argument yeah. because Spice Vision clearly tells you what it does. It's just changing how you pay the cost. It's not changing yeah. that the cost is paid. Thankfully, they updated the Trust Me as well. You can't put two damage on it if it has four HP because you're only dealing one damage and then it goes away, so that doesn't work. Um, let's see... They oh they updated the get me solo ruling which I thought was actually kind of funny because it's like most people the way you play it is you play get me solo then you name a unit and then it's like okay do I want to cancel the event or not basically what they're saying is no you play it and then the player has a chance to cancel the event before the the um, person is named so essentially if you let them say the name and then cancel it you're basically saying okay. Do, do I want to have them pay one and waste it because I don't actually have the Land and Falcon in my hand? Or do I want to cancel it before they do anything else? So, I mean, honestly, I don't really see what the difference would be. You're, they're paying one either way. Because um, some people are rushing through it and saying what they were going to try and capture right away, and, and then their opponent was canceling it, so it was like telegraphing what you were doing. So this way, if you allow them the time to play the cancel, then they never name the card. So it's just it's just a way around people, you know, saying, "Oh, I'm going to cancel it now," but you didn't say you're going to cancel it. Well, you didn't give me time to to, to say that I was going to cancel it. You know, then you name the card. So right. This is just you know, make sure you give your opponent time to react, or just you know, say, "Do you are you going to cancel it?" No, great, Millennium Falcon, thank you. You know, so it's just to fix that. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Everything in this FAQ is very much fixing the little stupid nitpicky stuff that never should have happened in the first place. Fair enough. Cool. Um, anything new in the, in the tournament fact, you had actually get a chance to read that this week. Any like groundbreaking rule changes or anything? No, no it they was just, just added adding... the rules for two versus two. Okay. Yep. That was pretty much all they did. Alrighty. Cool. All right. So, um, anyone have any comments or thoughts on the two versus two rules and the tournament fact you update? Zach, any thoughts or anything? Well, not on the rules, but I, I, I think scum's going to be really good at two V two. Mm-hmm. Um, cause a lot, like we talked about, a lot of it takes a long time to set up and by having a partner who can help you defend while you're setting things up and using things like the, uh, six cost to capture event. Um, I think you'll really be able to, to do some neat things in that your opponent will be kind of in charge of knocking down their objectives while you're controlling the board. Um, so I think that's where scum's going to shine for now until, uh, you know, some more pods or objective sets uh, come out that uh, make them more viable or better in 1v1. Cool. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So we're going to move on to deck talk. And this is another segment that we've uh, brought back in the show. It's been very popular. Uh, so we're going to keep doing it. Um, this is the part of the show where we talk about a deck that we've been testing and just kind of uh, theory crafting in the, the uh, case of Zach's deck because Martin Jade is technically not out yet. Um, but the deck that I've been running right now and just kind of testing a little bit is um, the core of Luke, Lando, uh, Guardians, and Han Solo. And I've been kind of switching it out with uh, either uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda or uh, um, Prep for Battle. And it's been working pretty well. It's pretty consistent and got a lot of good resources in it. But... The thing that I've found so far is I can get kind of screwed with my objective draws, um, considering Lando is a required smuggler affiliation, so I have to have a smuggler affiliation. So I could essentially have all smuggler objectives and not be able to place a Jedi, which is kind of not a good thing. So unfortunately, I've kind of gone back to the Super Friends deck, which is just a good deck in and of itself. I'm still kind of on the fence on the Millennium Falcon. I know it's a really good unit, 
but the really only reason I run it is for the Lanyan Falcon. Bamboozled is useful, but I find myself not having a lot of resources open to begin with, uh, especially like in the early game. Like you get a Bamboozled, it's like, okay, do I hang on to it or do I continue to get that card draw? That you know, because you, you need card draw for for the light side. Um, Nate, I played a couple games against you. Uh, what did you feel about the deck? Um, I think we played like two or three games, yeah. and it's basically the core of what Super Friends is, mm-hmm. with trying out Lando and something that wasn't the Falcon. Yeah. Uh, I think the Falcon, while being technically the weak point of Super Friends, is also what makes the deck better. Which sounds completely odd, no, but no, I, since it's not a character, um, a lot of the Chewbacca guardians and other shenanigans that you can play with don't interact well with the Falcon. But the Falcon's ability interacts well with those characters. So taking out the Falcon for something else, such as you know Yoda, Obi Wan, Lando, even mm-hmm. it. It loses some of the synergy of the deck, but adds characters. So it's it's this weird back and forth that you're trying to figure out which works better. Right. I don't think taking out the Falcon is a good thing currently because it gives you extra speed and extra tricks against a Sith control deck, against a Navy deck, against a scum deck that you wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, down the road, it, it might change, and the Falcon might not be the the best set for a deck like that. But right. right now, taking it out and even even using Lando over uh, Chewbacca, I don't think is a good choice either. The deck technically works that that, that you were running, Patrick, but I was I was for the most part able to stop what you were doing. If I had a decent draw. Yeah, it was only yeah. when I had a bad draw or you had an amazing draw, <laughs> yeah. there were ever any issues. Well, I mean, isn't that really what the light side's about? If you have a good draw, you're going to do well. If you yeah. don't have a good draw, it, you're going to do well. It is, but I think... Because the, 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 the first game that you pl- we played, you just annihilated the crap out of me. Of course, I <laughs> yeah. played really bad because it was the first time I'd played it in a while. But I think, too, though, that Super Friends has a little bit more give in it yes. than, than this version, you know, just because it has those extra tricks you can so, play. Sometimes I feel like it doesn't, because if you get bad draws, you get really bad draws. <laughs> You're just like, oh, cool, a, a Twi'lek Loyalist and a Guardian, and oh, cool, two Twisted Fates. Yay, I can't do anything with this. And this was a mulligan hand. Oh, but you're gonna you're gonna have that with any yeah. deck you play in any card game. So yeah, no, I think I the agree. consistency of of what Super Friends mm-hmm. is as a deck has already been proven, and it's hard to make a character deck that doesn't eventually evolve into that. Right now, no, yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, Matt or Zach, any thoughts on the uh, deck workups that we've just talked about? Uh, yeah, I have a, a few thoughts. Uh, first. You all talked about the Falcon objective set and left out like three cards that I'm always excited to see, which is one, the objective. Um, It's a great card draw for you. Number two, I always like having a twist or if not having it, having the opponent having a fear of me having it. And number three, the guest quarters is an amazing card, not only for resources, but also for um, edge battles if needed. I think the Falcon... It's, I think it's the one set there. Every card is so, so, so good. Um, and it's probably my favorite, or the set I think is the best pod in the game. So by putting in Kenobi, who I'm not in love with, like I'm never too excited to put down Obi-Wan, um, or Yoda's pretty good, but I just don't think that, that the changes to the deck adds any benefit, and it makes it a little bit more inconsistent. And then you also had a point that if you get a bad draw with Super Friends, you're screwed, which is true of every deck, like you said. But I think that's one of the main benefits of Super Friends is I found myself able to kind of hold out uh, long enough to get the cards I needed with that deck because it has enough tricks in its sleeves and it's resilient enough that I could come back and win a few games with it. So I think it is a little bit it is able to mitigate bad draws a little bit better than some of the other light decks that are out right now. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's fair. 
Um, Matt, any thoughts? Um, I mean, not much. You guys already said. I mean, Super Friends is you know it's it's pretty obvious why it's a good deck. It, it reminds me a lot like in the beginning the the Smuggler's Den deck. It's kind of like that. It's just it's an evolution of that. I call them all like the big guy decks because they got you know <laughs> big name, big right. characters. So, I mean, they're good decks. I've played Super Friends a few times and you know had fun with it and stuff. And it it is a good deck. I just it's not that I don't like the deck. It's I just not your play it's style. Boring. Right. It's, no, it's, it's not even that it's not my playstyle. I just got kind of bored of playing, you know, big guy decks. So right. I just, That's fair. I have one, but I don't really use it that much. Okay, so Zach, tell us about your deck. All right, so mine, as Matt put, is kind of another big guy deck. Uh, we're going to start out with three objectives that probably don't see a lot of play, which are Council, uh, Fall of the Jedi, and the uh, Emperor's Web. Yeah, man, th- those, th- those are pretty... Uh... Pretty, like, unusual right decks. I mean, I'm going out on a limb with this deck, so bear with me. Uh, then I'm going to add in the Agent of the Empire objective set. And the last two, and someone mentioned this earlier, can be anything. Right. Um, but the first thing that I'm going to try it with is the Executor. And the uh, thoughts of this deck are, uh, I'm pretty excited to see six of the... F- Six of the four objectives in my opening uh, flop. Um, I'm not as excited about the Agent of the Emperor. It's one of those objectives where I'm not upset I got it, but I would ditch it for any of the other six being the the Council Fall or Executor. And an Emperor's Emperor's Web is always too uh, fragile to kind of use at this point. Right. Um, And in the thought of the deck and why I'm using the... uh, Executor is not so much for the Executor itself, but for the, the Holocron. Um, because I just think if you can kind of rush out any combination of Mara Jade, Vader, and Palpatine, as well as having two different sets of um, protectors, you could really jump out in front of, of, of a game and just lock it down more than the old Sith Control decks could. You have more blast damage with Mara Jade. And uh, you have enough tricks in your sleeve with Rage, Force Choke, Force Lightning, um, and Pre-Cog to, to kind of, you know, it just can do a lot of things. So that's the deck that, that I think I'm going to try. But I have a feeling the Executor doesn't synergize as well as I'm thinking it will. So you can put in anything else like Mahdi or, I mean, countless objectives, the Ghost of the Dark Side, things like that just to see which plays best with it. Yeah, you know what? Speaking of Sith events, uh, Nate can understand this point, but I, I hate aggression. Just, I, I just, just want to throw that out there. Aggression is the worst event ever invented, and it can go die. Hey, just because my quiet security teams kept killing your Luke Skywalkers <laughs> does not mean you need to You know, that. the worst part was, is you killed one with a trust and a lightsaber and a shield on it once. You're like... You're, you pass, you're like, I'm I'm gonna let that go through and I'm like, Really? You're like, Yeah, okay. And I kill off some chud unit and then you're like, I'm gonna play aggression on your turn and you're like I'm just like, Oh. Oh. Yep. And and as far as, as your deck goes, Zach, yeah. I doubt there's gonna be many people playing that deck. I don't think it's as competitive as it needs to be. <laughs> you don't think it's so. you don't think it's as competitive as I think it is that that hurt. That's hurtful, man. I, I think it at most is a tier two deck. Yeah, definitely tier two. Awesome. Probably even tier three. <laughs> oh my heart. Jeez. Uh, yeah, see. yeah. No one will play it. It'll it'll just kind but, of. But but to be fair, I think that the the kind of three pods that are always in Sith control will now be a four pod. Yeah. And I think we will have a lot of variety in the last two. So I think that it. it it will be okay because I think we'll see a lot of different decks that are just slightly different, but they'll, they'll play a lot different. So I think it'll be cool. We'll see a lot of different two objectives. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's 10 cards. Yeah. That's or That's very not... true. Yep. You're right. You, you know, you know what? I mean, it's just, uh, you know, Sith are overpowered. Whatever. Sith are overpowered. <laughs> just Sith are just good. No, and... they're so cheap. They're, they're so, so they're good. cheap. They're just—I don't think they're overpowered. They're just better than the the other. They're just other better than teams. the other side that's supposed to compete right against them. now. Just right now, I think that they'll. Um, I have faith that it will all even out. See, uh, come on, like you guys have to agree that turn one Palpatine with the Sith holocrons retarded. 
<laughs> it's just like, you're, like your opponent's just like, well, what do I do? It's just like, I have a Twi'lek Loyalist, and here comes turn one Luke Skywalker, but, oh, you're going to do, okay, I'm dead. It, I mean, there will be ways. There, there will, but, but like, it would be different if Light Side had a better time of winning edge battles. It's just, it, they don't, and that's the point. I foresee them having easier ways of doing that eventually. Oh, yeah, I do too, but just right now, it's just like Palpatine turn one. Breathe. Yeah. It's okay. Matt, any thoughts on Zack Stack? Um, I don't know. Nothing in particular other than what you guys have already said. I think it's an okay deck. Um, be interesting to see, you know, where Sith go. Like, I don't agree that Sith are overpowered by any means. I think the thing with Sith is Sith are a lot easier to play, so they see a lot more play because it, they're they're easy to play for the dark side, and it's easy to see why they're good. Like they've been good from the start because in the start, all you did was you sit there, you stalled out the light side, you just ran up the clock by controlling the force with the Sith, and then you know that slowly changed. But Sith have stayed up there because they're a lot easier to play as than you know scum, which we were talking about for a while there. Um, so I'm Sith will never go away, and they shouldn't go away. Like like I'm. I like the game, I like the direction it's heading, and I like the fact that pretty soon, it's like Zach was saying, we're going to see a lot of variety, both within affiliations and as well within you know the size of the force. Like, as more and more objective sets get added to this game, we're going to see more variety. Like, it'll eventually reach the point where I'll be playing, uh, I don't know, a pure Jedi deck, and Nate will be playing a pure Jedi deck, and they'll be completely different decks. But they'll still be good decks. One won't be better than the other. They'll still be good decks, and it's because of the way the objective sets work and the way they add cards. That you know, a couple sets like Zach said, it doesn't sound like a lot. Two sets, but that's really that's twelve cards. I mean, that's ten in your command deck and two in your objective. That that can change quite a bit. Mm. No, yeah, yeah. I don't think Sith are overpowered. I just think that they're they're better than right now. Nope. Um, I don't think that anything, you know, there's no card in the Sith that that's overpowered in breaking the game. Really, you don't it's, think Sith Holocron is retarded? Are you really? I don't. I think I think that as more sets, the other sets or affiliations will get better cards, and they'll be up to snuff. They'll come up to its level, Hopefully. which I think is what needs to happen instead of Sith coming down to their level. Well, no, no, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But I, I, I think currently that the Sith do have some pretty broken cards. At oh least, yeah, at they're least right now. It's just like <laughs> Sith Holocron, turn one Palpatine plus Protector. It's just like, uh, well, I think the, the biggest reason is is Sith. The deck auto builds itself. Yes. And it basically auto plays itself. Mm -hmm. So if you want to play a deck that you don't have to do anything with, you play Sith. If you want a challenge at the game and you want to play it, you play something other than Sith. You may not always win, but it makes the game better to not play Sith. But you do not win as much. Yeah, but see... So. I play to win, so. Right, and I think that this. I think it's interesting. The discussion that we had earlier kind of summarizes this. We we reviewed a Sith objective and a Scum objective. Right. And every card in the Sith objective, we were like, oh yeah, that's cool. It's it's versatile. We'll do this and this and this with it. And every card in the Scum objective, we kind of had to justify, <laughs> you know, using it. Yeah. And that ever since ever since Boba Fett came out, I feel like Scum is just we're justifying cards. Um, so I have faith that it will get better, but I just think that's interesting that we reviewed two sets, and that's pretty much the summary of, of how it's been going for those two affiliations. No, that, that's actually a very good point, Zach. I mean, that's a uh, brilliant point, actually. I mean, honestly, I think that what everyone else is saying is very correct. Sith are not overpowered, obviously. That's just a, an, a reaction that I have just because that's, that's, that's me. But... They are very, very powerful right now, and I think that once more light side cards that are as powerful that can kind of come up there, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll see a Jedi Holocron because those exist as well, but mm -hmm. I think that right now it's very, very hard to knock Sif, Sif? What's it? Sif? <laughs> <laughs> to knock Sith down off their kind of you know impenetrable fortress throne, if you will. It happens. It very much happens. Like, if you get too bad hand draws turn one then yeah i mean you can be kind of in a world of hurt but honestly how often do you mulligan as a dark side player playing sith <sighs> i mean like like if you really think about it maybe once or twice every 20 games 
you know, give or take. I mean, how often do you get really bad objective draws? I mean, maybe once or twice every 10 games. Now, if we go to the light side, how many times are you going to mulligan playing the Super Friends deck? Quite a bit. Uh, how many times you're like, eh, those aren't the objective sets I wanted as light side? A lot more. So I, I think that Fantasy Flight does have a lot of work to do in terms of really getting the light side kind of core character decks up there. And maybe they'll do it with vehicles instead. You know, maybe they'll say, you know what, we don't really want the, the character decks to be as on par with Sith, which would be really disappointing to me because I love playing the whole kind of control feel, which is why I like playing Sith. I, I'm, I'm not an aggro player. I, I hate playing aggro. Like, I'm, I'm, I become this one impatient person when I play aggro for some reason. I, I, I don't understand why. But I feel that if Fantasy Flight, like you guys were saying, can bring everything up to par, I think we're going to have a really, really fun time kind of picking from the larger card pool in, this, in the second cycle. I mean, in all, all in all, I think that Worlds will really kind of prove a lot of what I'm saying wrong, and I really hope that's the case. I hope that Matt is right, and I hope someone comes up with some weird Navy scum deck or Navy Sith, uh, Sith scum deck that just wipes everyone's butt and is like, hey, I'm going to win with the Tricolor deck or something just out of this world. I hope that happens. But my gut tells me it's not going to happen. My gut tells me is someone's going to with, win with a pretty standard variation of, of what's being played right now in, in the kind of a high competitive scene it, or meta or whatever you want to call it. Um, what about uh, throwing feeding the pit into that deck that I was talking about earlier? That way Scum would have some uh, representation, and I think that would be a pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty strong deck. Well, you know, that, that, you know, there's always really good variations to yeah, to, to Sith, exactly. which is what makes them even more powerful. I mean, you like... I know that Nate experimented with some. Uh, I apologize, I keep bumping my mic there. Nate experimented with some um, Spice Visions Sith control decks, which are really, really good. I mean, you give Palpatine like you know nine tactics to deal with, which is just ridiculous. Or you know, you, you're create dragons. You're like, hey, I'm gonna blow up an objective. How you doing? Um, so I mean, Sith being that verse. I mean, they even work with like putting in the the Devastator in, in some of the, the Sith decks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it just works. So I think that we're going to see Sith constantly evolve and constantly be in that kind of top-tier place. Who knows? Maybe there will come out with two scum objectives that are just like, oh my gosh, auto-include scum deck, this is the best thing ever. But right, right now, I don't think we'll see that. Uh, as far as the light side goes, there's like two or three decks that you want to play, which is the Unblockables, which kind of works, kind of doesn't. you got the Super Friends, and then you have um, uh, Matt's, uh, Matt Cole's Rebel deck, which is uh, really, really good as well. So uh, we can count speeders kind of, but I think they're a little bit more less consistent and gimmicky rather than a little bit more consistent than some of the other Rebel decks out there right now. So I think that at Worlds it's, itself, I think we're going to see a lot of the same decks being played with just a small variance, but I also think we're going to see some really cool competitive decks from people that are, are not from you know this part of the world. I think we're going to see some really cool decks that just you just scratch your head and go, how does that work? I don't brain can't comprehend type of things. So either way, um, anyone else have any thoughts on that? Nope. Um, I think I'm good. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I think people overreact as you know, how good Sith is because of the pod system. I, I think that there is a lot of variations in decks in this game and it's pretty young and it's, and it's kind of lifespan. So I, like you said, I think we're going to see a lot of, if not, we'll see a lot of Sith, but I think we'll see a lot of variations to the theme. And as Matt pointed out, that's a huge, a couple sets variant is 10, or it's 12 cards. So mm -hmm. I, think, I think it's going to be very interesting at Worlds, and I think we're going to see a lot of different decks, um, and they're not all going to be Sith. Agreed. Definitely agreed. All right, so let's move into our closing statements here, guys. Um, let's start with the uh, shout-outs. Uh, Zach, go ahead and give your shout-outs this week. Uh, so shout-outs to you guys for having me on. I had a lot of fun uh, talking Star Wars with you. Um, I'll give a shout-out to uh, the guys over at uh, Smuggler Den, especially Tiny, for running that huge tournament for us. I thought that was a, a lot of fun, the, the Octagon tournament. Um, sure it was a lot of man hours for him and a lot of annoyance as we uh, had our gripes about the tournament emailed to him constantly. So thanks to, to those guys for that. 
Um, and thanks to FFG. I, this is probably my favorite uh, card game that I've played so far, so uh, I'm excited to continue playing it. Okay. And Matt? Um, my shout-out will go to all of our fans on Facebook and CardGameDB and FFG, etc. I had a lot of fun spoiling the set that FFG was nice enough to give us and uh, just kind of spoiling that a card a day. So we had a lot of interaction with that. Our Facebook page exploded, yeah, that, uh, which was, that was great to cool. see. And uh, we got a lot, a lot of people talking about it and a lot of interaction. You know, our post reach went up a hundred and some percent. And, you know, so it was cool. So shout out to everybody on our Facebook page and all of our fans wherever you are. Uh, Nate. And no, you did not in answer to your question. Ha Then that's going to be my shout out. I'm going to give a shout out to my two verse two partner. Um, I don't know if anybody knows who he is, but um, it's Darkspain. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. He, oh. I mean, he does. He does something over at Card Game DB. Yeah, he's kind of a nobody. Um, oh, he's a moderator. He's something like that. I don't know. But he and I, he and I are gonna play together in the two verse two tournament. So I'm gonna let him do all the talking since he has a way manlier voice than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. That's gonna. That's my shout out. Shout out. Okay. You know, we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun messing with people. During that tournament. Oh, I'm so. sure you guys. Good time. Excellent. All right. So uh, my shout outs are going to be once again to my lovely wife who lets me do the podcast every two weeks. Uh, thank you very much. Shout out to my little boy as well who's uh, keeping us up at night and uh, never giving, giving us any sleep. That's always fun. And I also look forward, it, look forward to teaching him card games and whatnot. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, another shout out to, I don't know, my new video card who's awesome. It's not really a person, but hey, it's, it's nice having a new video card. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and our email. Uh, those are the following at uh, facebook.com forward slash tableflippodcast. You can follow us on Twitter at tableflipshow. And our email can be reached at tableflip at outlook.com. And that's going to be the end of the show, guys. Zach, thank you very much for spending uh, your night with us and uh, being on the show. We had a great time. You are more than welcome to come back anytime you like. Matt. All right. Thank you. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, you're welcome. Matt, thank you once again for spending your night as well. And obviously you're a host, so you're more than welcome back anytime. Nate, eh, I'm not sure if we'll keep you or not. I know. Uh, it's just, that Nate guy. It's, it's, it's kind of iffy, just that Nate guy. <laughs> so, But anyway, guys, uh, thanks again for listening. And please be sure to comment on our Facebook and uh, the discussion that we have, uh, do every week. And if you have any topics or things that you want to us to talk about on the show, Please email us, tweet us, or tweet us. Tweet us, not tweet. <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> uh, that's not right. Uh, tweet us or uh, Facebook us or even uh, message us on the forums as well. And we will get back to you and hopefully be able to discuss your topic on the show. So, All right, guys. Uh, that's it. That's all. Thank you very much for listening. God bless and have a wonderful evening, morning, and afternoon. And may the force be with you. <laughs>